The following audio is from Citizens Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. If you're interested in getting involved with our family, visit citizenscharlotte.com connect. Well, Happy New Year, Citizens Church. Believe it or not, 2023 is upon us. I hope that you've had a great Christmas season, a great time to rest and to uh, experience deep renewal from the Lord and time with family and friends, uh, time off from work, all of those things. Uh, But the new year is upon us. Uh, And real quick, just by way of reminder, even though we're not together today in person, we will be next week on January 8th, back together at the Dowd YMCA once again to celebrate two years as a church. And we're gonna throw a big party and celebrate God's faithfulness and kindness to us over the past two years, as well as celebrate, Lord willing, some baptisms and just to get to look at as we start a new series uh, that we're going to be in for the next couple of months. But today, to get us into the new year, I wanted to spend some time just meditating together on Psalm chapter 1. And this is going to be a little bit less of a sermon and a little bit more of kind of a guided meditation. So I'm, I'm going to pull some things out of the text and I'm going to make some points. But really, my goal is to just get us praying and talking if you're with your community and thinking about what the Lord might do in us and through us, both as individuals and as a community in the year to come. And so there's going to be some some times over the next uh, few minutes that I'm going to pause and encourage you to pause the video and just to spend some time reflecting as a community and with the Lord. Before we get into all of that, let me uh, read Psalm 1 for us, and then we'll work our way through it. This is Psalm 1. If you have a Bible or, or your phone near you, I encourage you to pull it up. We'll start in verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let's pray together. Lord, you are kind to us and you are good to us. Lord, would you be present with us as we take a moment at the start of the year to pause, to be with you, to reflect and to pray to look forward to what it is that you have for us. We know that you go into the new year ahead of us and before us. So we give it over to you. Be with us over the next few minutes. In Christ's name, amen. We'll notice the very first word of the very first psalm is the word blessed. And this is a word used throughout the scriptures. And theologians agree that really the simplest and best definition for what the authors mean when they say blessed is the word happy has to do with a person having a sort of flourishing life with God, so much so that their soul is in a state of joy and prosperity and peace and rest. In Matthew 5, Jesus uses this word at the beginning of his Sermon on the Mount to describe the inner state of those who live within the kingdom of God. He says things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful and the peacemakers. And one of the things, as you track this word, that is clear throughout the scriptures is that this state of being blessed is the ideal state for us as humans. That is the goal of life with God in his kingdom. It is a good, rich thing to be blessed. So when the psalmist says a certain person is blessed, it would benefit us to pay attention. And here he says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked 
nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. This threefold definition of the wicked, a sinner, a scoffer is being used by the psalmist here to describe people who are outside of the covenant family of God. Those who have decided to live life independent from God, to to be their own gods, to rule their own lives, to, to call their own shots and go their own ways. And he says a man is blessed if he does not walk with them or stand with them or sit with them. These people have a certain way of going about life, a a certain way of living life independent from the rule and reign of God. They don't know God and they're not known by God and they've established their own ways of living contrary to the ways of Jesus. And the reality the scriptures would tell us is that that is the default of all of our hearts apart from Christ, to just go along with this flow of life independent from God to pattern our lives in the same ways as what the psalmist calls the sinner and the scoffer and the wicked, to, to walk in their counsel and to sit in their ways, to stand in their ways and to sit in their seats, meaning the bent of our hearts is to go along with the flow, even if that flow is not in the direction of godliness and holiness. And the psalmist would encourage us by saying, blessed, happy, flourishing, and full of joy and peace is the person who resists that pull who does not live as everyone else around them lives, that does not pattern their lives after the meaning and joy and hope falsely offered in this world, that does not, in the words of Paul in Romans 12, conform their minds to the pattern of this world. But there's an alternative offered. We don't just resist going along with the flow of this world. There's a direction that we're called to instead in Psalm chapter 1. Look back at verse 2. He says, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So notice the juxtaposition, right? I'm not walking in the counsel of the wicked. I'm delighting in the law of God. I'm not standing in the way of sinners. I'm meditating on God, on his revealed truth, on who he is and what he has said. The word meditation in Hebrew basically means to speak or to utter consistently. And when this is done in the heart, when we meditate on God's word in our hearts, that's musing. So meditation on the word of God day and night means to speak to yourself the word of God over and over and over again, to get with the Lord, to see his revelation of himself in the scriptures, to bring it into our hearts. And then constantly throughout the day and throughout the week, we're reminding ourselves and speaking it to ourselves and speaking it over our hearts and our minds. In other words, what's The blessed man is doing in Psalm chapter one is he is fixing his gaze onto Christ. He's getting into God's word. He's finding life and delight in God's word. And in so doing, he's rejecting the ways of those who do not know God and finding himself by God's grace blessed. There's a show that I like to watch that is kind of an older show now, but it's a reality show called The Amazing Race. Maybe you've never seen it. If you haven't, that's okay. Here's the premise. It's basically a bunch of teams uh, of pairs traveling around the world, racing through a series of checkpoints. And the goal is that at each leg of the race, you want to be the first to arrive at what they call the pit stop. It's where you rest for the night before the next leg. And if you're the last one there, then you get eliminated. 
Something that's fascinating that happens over and over again in the show is that they're in charge of their own directions. They have to get to the next place on their own and they don't have phones, they just have maps and so they're trying to figure out uh, the different driving directions. And almost always what you'll see happening is a set of teams kind of find each other and they all end up going in one direction towards where they think they need to go. And inevitably, with the way that the show gets edited is there's always one team who's like, hey, do we go the rest of the way everyone else is going or do we go this other way we think is actually better? And sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. That's a little bit of the picture that Psalm 1 is painting us, except for the fact that we know how it ends up. He says, blessed is the man who does not go with the flow of everyone else in the ways of the world, in the ways of sinning and wickedness and scoffing, in the ways that say we can live life independent from God, but rather says, I'm going to chase after the blessed life found in meditating on God through his word. And so in 2023, there's going to be a lot of ways that we'll be tempted to walk or stand or sit apart from or against the way of Jesus this year. There will be a ton of pulls on our hearts over the next 365 days. So the invitation for us at the beginning of Psalm 1 is to delight ourselves in Christ through meditating on the word of God, to get in God's word and through God's word, commune with God himself. That's the point. God has revealed himself to us through his word, and he shows us in it what is good and what is true and what is lasting, who he is, what he has done for us, and who he calls us to be. And in God's word, we don't just find theoretical ideas or theological concepts or rules to follow. In it, we find life because in it, we find God. So I want to take just a few minutes now to encourage you to pause the video and either as a discussion, if you're with your group or with others, if you're alone, you can do this in prayer. Take a few minutes together to consider this question. What would it look like for you to meditate and delight in God's word this year? And how would that help your fight against the ways of the world? Let's go back into our text, Psalm chapter 1. We'll start in verse 3 as we continue to see how the psalmist describes this man who's living a blessed life rooted in the word of God. The text says in verse 3, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So the author here gives us three beautiful pictures or illustrations or analogies of what this blessed life looks like for the one who roots themselves in God's word. First, he says that it is a fruitful life, intentionally planting yourself in God's word, letting God's revelation of himself in the scriptures nourish and feed your soul will eventually produce out of you fruit to the waiting world. You will have something to contribute to others that will refresh them and nourish them and care for them. You see, if you're planted in God's word, you'll show up to group with something to contribute that might be a blessing to another member. If you're planted in God's word, you'll be able to bring fruit that is a delight to your spouse or your kids or your roommates or your coworkers or your neighbors. If you're planted in God's word, your life over time will look more like the life of the spirit, one of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The first byproduct and effect of someone who is rooted in the words of God, delighting in the words of God, meditating on the words of God day and night is a life that bears fruit. 
The second implication and picture the psalmist gives us is that this life is a durable life. He says that the leaf does not wither. I love Lindsay and I's backyard 10 months out of the year. 10 months out of the year, it is a great place to be. There's enough shade in the summertime to be out there without getting too hot in the Charlotte heat. There's enough lighting and we have a gas fireplace and it's a great place to be in the winter as well. But it is the bane of my existence from mid-October until mid-December. It is a terrible backyard for those two months because we have a ton of trees that love to drop nothing but leaves and acorns for an entire two months. And we fill up, I mean, dozens and dozens of those compostable leaf bags and haul them to the curb. And we go back out and we rake some more and we haul them to the curb time and time and time again. And the good news for us right now is that we're done for 2022. But here's what I know is going to happen 10 months from now. We're going to face another round of leaves and another time of raking because every year the cold comes and the leaves are going to fall, except for one tree. There's one tree in our backyard that I love, and I love that tree because its leaves never fall. They always stay green. They always stay attached to the tree. That tree and its leaves are durable. Even in the cold, darkest months of the year, it holds strong. And that is the picture the psalmist gives of the one who roots themselves in God's word. They will not wither. When the cold of life comes, when the storm blows through, they stay grounded and vibrant and alive. The blessedness, the happiness of that person is durable. It is deep. It does not depend on which way the wind is blowing or whether the rain is falling. It gets its life from an absolutely changeless source, God in his word. See, there are many storms that are going to come your way this year. That's a reality for life right? And for some of us, it'll be large storms. And for others of us, they'll be small, but they'll be storms all the same. And there's only one way the psalmist says to remain durable, to have leaves that do not wither. And that is being rooted and tethered to God through his word. The third thing we see about this blessed man is that he's prospering. What does the psalmist mean here when he says that he prospers in all that he does? Well, it can't simply mean that his life is going to go awesome, right? The book of Psalms, if you continue reading, are full of examples and psalms and songs where it says the righteous suffer and the wicked prosper. So what does it mean here that he would say the blessed man who roots himself in the word of God is going to prosper? Well, I think to understand that, you have to keep reading in the psalm. Look at verse 4. It says, the wicked are not so but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. When the psalmist says that the one who delights and meditates in the law of God will prosper, he means that unlike the wicked, who will float away in the wind like chaff, or stand in the judgment one day to perish, that the Lord knows the righteous. The Lord knows the blessed man. The Lord knows the one who roots himself in God. The Lord sees them. He knows his way that even in the suffering that will come in their life, there is a promise that there is no judgment to come for the one who has delighted themselves in God. Durable, fruitful, prospering now and into eternity. Does that sound like the kind of person you want to be this year? More of fruitfulness in life with God, more durable in the storms that may come, more focused on the future life with God that is promised for all who trust in Jesus. And the psalmist says the means by which we grow into that is meditating on God through 
his word. But what are the ends that we are praying for in that, right? What are the things we want to see God do? What are the ways we want to see him grow us in fruit? What are the ways we want to be more durable in the storms of life? That's what I want us to spend a few minutes considering now. So once again, take a few minutes, pause the video. If you're with your community, you can discuss. Or if you're by yourself, spend time praying to the Lord. Here's what I want you to do. Take a few minutes to do this. I want you to read Galatians 5, 22 and 23. That's the list of the fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to discuss or pray or even a little bit of both these questions. Which of these fruit in Galatians do you want to see in particular in your life this coming year? And how can delighting in and meditating on God lead to that? You can do that now. Well, for our last little bit together today, I want to take us back to verse 3 of Psalm 1. And it reads this. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. Imagine with me for a moment that you're walking in the desert. I know it's January 1st. I know it's hard to imagine. I know that it's probably cold outside, although who knows? We're recording this in advance and it is Charlotte. But imagine you're in the desert. You've been walking all day and it's hot and dust and sand are everywhere and you haven't had a drink of water all day. You've never experienced this kind of thirst before where your lips are cracking and all you want is just a little bit of water. Then you get to the top of another sand dune. It's your 50th one that you've climbed today and you look out over the horizon and you see it. An oasis, a stream in the desert, vegetation, a a patch of grass for you to lie down in, a shade provided by a tree, a place for you to rest and to drink and to delight. How refreshing is that moment? How much of a delight is that stream? Well, that is the picture the psalmist gives us for what God offers to us in himself and in his word. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm leaving 2022 in a little bit of a desert. Dry, worn out, weary, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally lacking with very little to give. Maybe that's you. Maybe you feel beat up by the suffering or pain that this past year has brought. Maybe you feel knocked down by trials and hardships. Maybe you feel like you're at the end of your rope and everyone else around you seems to be entering into 2023 full of hopes and goals and dreams about what they want to accomplish and what they want to do this coming year. And you just find yourself asking, can I even make it through the first week? Here's the good news for us today, church. On the very first day of January, very first day of a new year, our refreshment is not in a new year. Our joy and delight is not in a new year. Our hope is not in a new year. 2023 has nothing substantial or lasting to offer us by way of rest and delight and renewal. That is only found in God and God alone. When I think about this picture of a stream in a desert, of water, of refreshment and renewal, I think about the picture in John chapter 5, where Jesus is traveling through Samaria and he stops at a well and his disciples go on ahead of him, but he has a conversation with a woman. And you come to find out over the course of the story that she had been married five times and the man that she's living with now is not her husband. And it's this picture that John tries to give us of someone who is searching for life in the midst of a desert, searching for hope in the midst of of a storm and a trial. And she's been ostracized by her community. She's been looking everywhere she can find for something to satisfy her. And Jesus comes offering himself. He says this in John chapter five, 
Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So here at a well where a Samaritan woman who has been looking for life offers Jesus water, Jesus in return offers her himself, the true living water. And he says that those who drink of him will never thirst again. And that is the picture that we're invited into in Psalm chapter one, that the man or the woman who delights themselves in God through his word find streams of living water. And so maybe your life feels like a spiritual desert heading into 2023. The invitation of Christ is to remember the gospel, to remember what he has done for us, to remember that he is the offer of living water, that he is the one who comes to us searching for life, searching for salvation, searching for something to satisfy our souls, yet he offers us himself. And in offering us himself, he reminds us that he is the good shepherd. That Psalm 23 tells us that he makes us lie down beside still waters, that he leads us in paths of refreshment and renewal and rejoicing and life and blessedness. That is the offer to us in Christ Jesus. So for our final time discussing or praying together, here's what I'm inviting us to do. Inviting us together as a community or by yourself to read Psalm 23 three times slowly. And after reading, I'm inviting you to spend some time praying that God would be a good shepherd and a source of living water to you as you head into 2023. Ask him to refresh your soul and bring deep renewal to the places of your heart that you need it the most.